to the EDGM. Hey legends, welcome to the podcast. This week I'm chatting to Zana and Jess. We're chatting about travel nursing. Now Zana and Jess are travel nurses who met on the journey um, while they were traveling around Australia. We're going to find out what a travel nurse is, what kind of things you can get up to as a travel nurse, what a week, month or year looks like as a travel nurse. We're also going to find out about their specific journey, what led them to travel nursing. We're going to find out about the hard and good times that led them to take on this journey. Also for everyone listening out there, these two girls have got their own podcast, their own website. They've also got resources out there for people that really want to start travel nursing. Let's crack in. I think you're really going to want to go travel nursing once you hear this. Let's crack into it. You. Hey guys. Hey, how you going? Good, how are you? Yeah, we're great. Fabulous. Sitting in our rooftop tent currently, so, you know, living the dream. Are you cold? No, it's actually super insulated. It's quite warm in here. Um, And you guys are (laughs) travel nurses, correct? Yes, yes, that is right. Cool, lovely. Now, um, I guess people want to know, what is a travel nurse? We get asked all the time. Yeah, we do. All the time. Breakdown. Well, yeah, basically, I guess we do contracts all around Australia. Um, and we get given accommodation while we do it. We get paid while we do it. We get paid for our travel to and from. Um, we basically go for like short-term contracts between anywhere between like four weeks and like three months or even more sometimes. We can even do two-week ones. Um, but yeah, we basically just travel around wherever work needs us. Um, we have an agency and they call us, let us know what comes up. We have like a, a weekly board that comes up as well to see what's um, available. And then we kind of just say, we want to go here, we want to go here. And then they set it up for us and pretty much just, sign the contract and you're in so it's pretty easy it's um great you can travel australia and also get some crazy experiences as well so yeah it's great and some good coin yeah and some good good money we all need coin nurses need money yeah it's very good money (laughs) that's what i want to hear and we're going to find out more about we need some more we've got to get some more yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got to get some more. Um, now, um, travel nursing, I guess you get asked a few questions. Um, I've, I've traveled Australia. I love the country. Where are you now? Yeah. Where are you hanging out right now? We're in Harvey Bay. Yeah, oh. we thought it was Perth. Yeah, Harvey, Harvey Bay. Bay. <laughs> the best thing about traveling is you get to learn this stuff, you see. Yep. So we know it's not Hervey Bay, it's Harvey Bay. Correct. So now we know. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you haven't always been travel nurses. Um, no, I know. I would imagine at some stage in your career you worked somewhere else. So what got you yeah. interested in travelling around and being a nurse? Being a nurse in general? Or maybe, or yeah, like, yeah. In, I guess, yeah. What got you into nursing initially? Um, I honestly did not ever think I was going to do nursing. It was never something that I ever thought at school. I originally wanted to do something medical. I knew I wanted to do something medical. Um, so I originally wanted to do medicine and I actually started doing a Bachelor of Medical Science mm-hmm. and then I didn't want to get into research and um, the only kind of like other option was to get into medicine and then I was just a bit too lazy and didn't do the and exams I was supposed to. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep studying because if I stop, I won't do anything. Mm-hmm. So then I applied for nursing and also pharmacy and then I got into nursing first and was just like, yeah, no, I'll give this a try. And then literally as soon as I started doing it, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like I just found mm-hmm. it. I was like, this is amazing. And then I pretty much straight out of nursing, went straight into ICU. Um, I did my new grad in ICU, which was absolutely incredible. Um, And then I guess just like a multitude of things happened along my journey. Like ICU, I was there for four years. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked through COVID and everything like that. And it just, it was, it got through a time. It was just like, it just got too much. And I didn't want to lose my sense of nursing. My, like the reason that I did it in the first place, I didn't want to lose my empathy. I was starting to get overworked and mm. just like wasn't in the right headspace for it and I was like I just need a change and then also at the same time I had a huge relationship breakdown so I actually got married at the start of 2020 in January mm. 2020 we've been together for seven years and um we got married and like literally one month after we got married he left me for someone else and it was just like my whole entire world blew up um mm, <laughs> yeah it was pretty horrible um so it's 18 months ago now but um yeah I just was in the same job in the same house and I just needed a huge change yep. so that's kind of why I got into it I was just like ICU is draining me here I mm. need a change I need to find myself in nursing again and I also needed to find myself as a single person so yeah it kind of all worked out and I just almost like running away from my problems in a way but also yeah. finding myself as well at the same time so yeah it was that's kind of why I got into it so yeah Wow. Bit of a heavy story there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, and I think I think we all have a 
maybe I'm not, I don't have the same story. Let, let's make that clear. But in the same token, everyone has a story. And I think that's really yes. important. Um, I don't necessarily think you're running away. I think you're just searching. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. 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 And like that didn't feel like my home anymore. So I wanted to mm. kind of travel around and try and find what was going to be my new home. And I originally was actually going to move overseas. And then again, COVID kind of changed that from happening. So I thought, why not see Australia? What can I do in Australia that I can travel and work? And then travel nursing came up and I was speaking to my agency and they had a rural and remote section. And I was like, you know what? Like, that sounds awesome. Mm. Why don't I do that? Travel Australia because I can and I still get to travel. Mm. But then also like work and find everything at the same time. So it's just the, the greatest of all worlds, travel nursing really for us. Mm. How about for you? So... In my teenage years, my mum had a boyfriend who was um, a diabetic. He was a type one diabetic, yeah. And he was educating. He was educating us on, um, you know, if I ever um, look clammy and sweaty, if I ever am unconscious or anything like that, um, this is what you've got to do. And I was very young. I was like maybe twelve, thirteen when we they first got together. And then as we kind of, um, as I got older, he actually did have quite a few hypos, and mm. I was the one that had to grab needle you know help him and kind of deal with that situation my mom really didn't know how to handle it and I was like quick we need to give him some sugar we need to help him get out of this and you know that kind of made me kind of aware on the medical side of things and I was really interested in the body I was like whoa like what is diabetes um then I kind of at school had to figure out what I wanted to do and someone suggested nursing to me and I thought wow I actually always am looking after people mm. and so after I didn't actually get to do my um my ATAR at school I had a really tough family life and I had to work a lot so I just graduated year 12 went to TAFE and did my enrolled nursing for six months and I did my very first prac and my very first prac I actually experienced a death which was really big and the family actually asked me that they wanted me to come into the room to say goodbyes and prayers to it was it was her husband at the time he was only maybe in his 60s and I was so like, wow, like you want me to be in the room? And she's like, yes, you've taken such good care of him. We want you to be a part of this. Please come in. And I went into the room and there was candles. And I just thought, this is like, wow, I've like impacted this family somehow. And this is like my first even experience in nursing. And I was just like, I want to do this. So wow. I wrote a letter to the university actually. And I said, hey, the, you know, the reason I said, the reason I didn't get to go to university is because I, you know, I had a lot of financial issues with my family and I went and did enrolled nursing, but I've got such a passion. I want to be a registered nurse so bad. And they accepted me. So I ditched, I ditched TAFE and I said, no long, catch you later. (laughs) Later. I'm going to be a registered nurse. And then, um, yeah, then I did the three and a half years at uni. Um, I then didn't get a grad program because in one of the questions they asked me about an award that they had gotten and I didn't know what the award was and I didn't get the job for that reason in Perth there was a um it was really hard to get a job in Perth actually there was a huge percentage of nurses that didn't get a grad program so I um went to parliament and um rallied I have a Facebook page <laughs> called Give Grad Nurses a Chance. And, 100%. Um, drink, drink that in. Yeah, yeah, it, it exploded and it actually opened up heaps of positions and I oh, got damn. a grad program. So I started at a private hospital called the Mount Hospital. I did um, medical, surgical, and I did some theatre work. Um, and now I've done, yeah, heaps of ward work. I've done three years recovery. Um, I've done three years orthopedic neuro and then I think I was about six years in when I started agency nursing. Similar wow. story to Ghana. I had a house and a dog with my partner at the time. I was very much in love, totally happy with where I was in my life and yeah, the cheated on me. <laughs> and I, my mm. whole world flipped upside down and I, I needed a new home. I needed to just get out of Perth. Yeah. And I didn't think I had enough experience, but after talking to the agency, they're like, yeah, do you want to go to Griffiths for three months in New South Wales? And I was like, yep, let's do it. Mm. <laughs> and I got on a plane and I actually haven't looked back three and a half years. I've been literally full-time travel nursing, had, had no home base for three and a half years. Whoa. Now I'm trying to yeah. digress a few things from that. Um, if you, if that's cool. Number one, yeah. you went to parliament. What the hell? 
Yeah, she's a um, photo with the Ministry of Health. I'm going <laughs> like, to put that up. That's cool. That's epic. Very cool, yeah. Me, me and the Shadow Minister of Health, Roger Cook, I've got loads of photos. Yeah, loving it. That That's epic <laughs> because you're creating a voice for people that don't have a voice technically. There's so much weight on yeah. new grads to get jobs, and but there's not that many. Um, yeah. yeah. I and I was almost like, I loved nursing. Like, yeah. I wanted to be a nurse so bad, and I wasn't, I wasn't getting a job anywhere. Yeah, and I was like, on. this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. 100%. But, um, yeah, and, and I think also on that as well, um, so many people say, don't worry if you don't get a program, but they, they've got one or they've, they got it first time. But actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. someone who didn't, powerful, man, powerful. Yeah, yeah. I know. Pretty awesome. Um, and Pretty the, awesome. Third, the third point I was going to raise on that is you've both been through, I would call it some sort of trauma, maybe, yeah. if, if, if that's cool. But something really life-changing, like the fork in the road. Yeah. Um, do you think nursing, if you don't mind me asking, do you think nursing helped you with the resilience to not just fall into a Yeah, head? definitely. I think like, I mean, I can't speak for Jess, but definitely working in ICU, like, which is another reason why I did leave and do what I did. I saw so many people die and so many people go through these horrible things and their partners stood by them or sometimes their partners didn't. And I just thought, like, this life is so short. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You see 18-year-olds die to 90-year-olds die, and you're like, Where is, what, is, what is this about? Like, you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I thought, I don't want to sit here and in the same place, in the same mm. life that I had with him and just keep going with that because, I like, it wouldn't get me anywhere. Mm. And I wanted to move on and I wanted to grow as a person. And I thought, this is the only time I can grab life by the balls is today right now and I thought I'm just gonna do it and I'm gonna suck it up and it was bloody scary yeah just like saying I'm quitting my job the same job I had since I was a new grad I was there four years I thought I don't know what job I'm gonna get like this is very scary but like I have nothing to lose and like that place is always gonna be there yeah and I don't want to I don't want to be here five years from now and be like oh I just wasted all of my time well, not that it's ever wasted time, but like, I don't want to have sat there and thought, I wish I did this. I wish I did this because people say that all the time. Uh, and they always say to us, they're always like, I'm so jealous of what you do. I, w- I couldn't do that. And I couldn't do that. And it's always like, but why? Like, why can't you do that? Definitely some people have reasons why they can't. But most of the time, if you want to do something, you can do it. And I thought, I'm not going to sit here and talk the talk. I'm going to do it. And so I just quit my job and I left. When I re-listened to this, I couldn't help but stop the recording um, and just think about what they'd been through both girls had been through a relationship breakup um, so often than not in you know nursing or in medicine or in paramedicine or even as students in health we give so much of our time to help people um, we love deeply and we hurt deeply I like to say and even the people you can think about you think oh nah so often than not um, there could be you know an exterior shell but inside we're human beings that have feelings and emotions um, I heard this quote that said, you know, you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. Uh, and I just really love how both of them have just gone off um, and wanted to sort of experience life, wanted to travel, wanted to meet new people, um, wanted to sort of dig deeper. And on that journey when you travel, you really learn about yourself. You really learn about um, little things that you might not have known before. <laughs> and I never looked back either. Like, I love it. Mm. And it's so great. It helped me grow so much as a person. Like, you can go anywhere, live by yourself. Like, you have to be completely self-sufficient on your own and independent. And it's it's scary. And, like, I had to go to events on my own and just be like, I need to make friends. I don't know anyone here. Like, I don't have a single friend. And it's, it's cool. very, very scary. You get to start a new life when you start a contract. Yeah. Like, it's like no a fresh one knows start. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's Everyone. fresh, hey? It's, it, feels, it feels good, but it's, yeah, scary scary ass very scary scary and people think people look you and go oh my god your life is so amazing and i like i wish i could be as brave as you and like you're deep down you're like i'm really not that brave i'm just i'm really scared too but i'm just doing it and i just Mm. keep doing it (laughs) because i find there there are a lot of people that talk like like um you know that that do talk but don't have any action in relation to that we we know those people that say oh i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave and then like bro it's 2021 you said that in 2015 (laughs) yes yeah but you know you're making this decision what what was it do you think you know can you remember that point when you're like i'm done like did you have like an epiphany or was it more like a gradual 
I think I'm ready to do something else. Um, well, I think we're, yeah. well, I don't know about you, but like, you are actually, but we're both very spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, very I think. spontaneous. So like, I think we're very much, if we say we're going to do something to anybody, it means we're going to do it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Even like, if it's I, like I actually, I was going to move to the UK, which is yep. what my original plan was. Cause I was like, I'm ditching Australia before I thought about trouble nursing in Australia. I was like, I'm getting out of here. I don't want anything to do with anyone in Australia anymore. I'm going to yep. leave and have a whole new experience where like literally no one knows me and I'm on the other side of the planet. Um, so I actually had my visa booked. I had my flights booked. I had everything organized. I had an agency that I was going to work for. Everything was sorted. And that was just, I just randomly did that one day. It was like, I'm just going to do this. And I applied for my visa and paid all this money. And then COVID happened and it keep getting delayed and delayed mm. because everything was in lockdown. And I was like, I'm not going to fly to the other side of the earth to be in lockdown when we weren't even in lockdown to look after patients who are very, very, very unwell and not be able to do anything else. Like I wouldn't have mm. any friends. I wouldn't know anyone and I also couldn't go out anywhere. So I thought I'm just not going to leave right now. So I kept delaying it, delaying it. And then I thought this COVID thing is not going away. <laughs> it's just still here. Yeah. And then, so I just thought, all right, change plans. I canceled that like very, very quick, spontaneous decision. I'm like, that's it. I'm applying for this agency instead. I'm going to go rural and remote and pretty much like had a, had my contract booked in within like a couple of weeks. And I, Literally, I think I only gave, I think I gave like two or three weeks notice of work and I'd literally booked the contract and then just, just left. Like it was just very spontaneous, but that's like what you were saying. We just, once I say something, I'm not someone that says they're going to do something and not do it. I'm like, I'm doing that. <laughs> and I'm going to prove to you all that I did do it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's true. Hey, like, so I'm getting a picture like Zani, you're, you're walking out of a big intensive care unit that you've been there for four years. You've built huge yeah. relationships on and you're saying like, mm-hmm you know, like later I'm, I'm walking out and there's obviously a bit of nerves in that surely. Oh, yeah. what, what's yeah. the internal dialogue on that? Is it like you'll be back here or you'll never be able to do it? Like what's the negative? Did you get much negative talk about walking out or was it all good on you? You're awesome. Well done. For me or from other people? Or just in general, yourself or other people? Everyone was super supportive at, at yeah. my work. They were all like everyone in, in ICU, I think you find in those critical care areas, a lot of people do come in and out and there's a lot of young people that cycle through um, intensive cares and and emergencies because it's the thing to do when you're young and you're like, you want this crazy workplace and whatnot. And people always move on because I think that ED and ICU is slightly different in a way to the wards because you're you're dealing with people like with so much more intensive, I guess, well, obviously it's intensive care, but all these intensive diseases and cases and whatnot. Like you it almost pushes you to keep growing mm. and growing your career and yep. people always move on from ICU to educator or into health or into something else. And they always progress. So there's a huge turnover in ICU and I saw it heaps and I was one of the first ones to leave. And it was, it was quite a toxic environment as well um, mm. at times. And I was one of the first to go because I was like, I want to keep progressing. And honestly, since I left, I think probably another like, between five to 10 people have left as well and moved on to other things like midwifery or some people have moved to the UK or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, so I, I personally didn't have any self doubt of what I was doing. Once I like make a decision, I am backing myself hundred percent because no one else is there to do it. So Love I just it. have to be like, I just got to back myself. And if this works out, it works out. If not, I know this place is always here and they'll always take me back, yeah. but I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted to like make it work and, yeah, I did. So yeah, it's great. Awesome. Hell yeah. And, and for you, Jess, like you're you're in West Oz. Like we're talking. Mm. Uh, I love yeah, the West. Right up there. Like, like another, another country. Basically, another country. <laughs> I was working in recovery at the time, mm. and I definitely had a drive to go further than recovery. Mm. And I realised that in my current position, the only other role was to be the coordinator, and the coordinator is the one that just says go to that bay, go to that bay, and call the wards and does all the shifts, right? And I was like, I don't want to do that <laughs> I don't do that at all but I, I love I love the people and I love the job but I knew there was no career progression where I was um I kept asking lots of times as well to do courses I wanted to do my advanced life support things like that and they just kept making excuses yeah constantly you know I was there for three years and I was like all I want to do is like one five hundred dollar course like come on yeah and they just wouldn't really support it when um my whole ex situation happened that workplace was incredible that they literally they found a, a house for me to stay in temporarily. They all, they all got um, like, like TVs and microwaves and all this stuff together so that when I moved into my own place, I had all this stuff. Like wow. they were the most incredibly supportive 
bunch of people ever, right? And there was this girl in theatre at the time in doing a Scrub Scout role who'd done travel nursing. So one of the girls was like, you need to talk to this girl. Her name's Jodie and she works and she's in theatre one at the moment. You've got to talk to her. And I was like, oh, I'm a bit nervous. Like I could never do that. Anyway, had a chat with her and then I was all fired up. So I called her agency and then the next day um, they actually said to me, oh, we've got a contract in Cairns in recovery for six weeks. And it's in like, I don't know, it was like in a month's time or something. And I was like, oh, my God. They're like, do you want it? I was like, yes. So I said yes to a contract. I was like, oh, my God. So then I told my boss and I said, look, I really want to do this. I've got a whole month's annual leave already banked up. Can I just take two weeks of unpaid leave and try this awesome experience out? Anyway. The day of my last shift, right, I had my very last day at my shift and we're having a dinner to say goodbye to me and I found out that the Cairns contract got pulled and I had no job. <laughs> and um, I know. Oh. She's taking a hit after um, hit. And also my boss also came up to me and said, um, you can't have six weeks off. They won't approve the two weeks unpaid leave. So then I was like, well, what should I do? And she actually sat me down and she goes, I think you should quit. She goes, I honestly, she goes, I think you should quit and you should go and do a contract. You'll get one and you should go and experience it. And then you don't have to come back. But if you, do, if you want to come back, you can come back. And that's I was a, like, that's an awesome. Place. I was like, are you yeah, serious? You have been through a tough year. And she, and she was so lovely. She's like, we don't gossip here. We're not about gossiping. No. But she's like, but obviously I know what's going on in your uh-huh. personal life. And I just want you to, she goes, the world is your oyster. She goes, I, you know, I need you to do this. So I was like, okay. So I told the agency, I was like, look for a contract for me. And then we still had my farewell dinner. And I was like, wow, I'm actually like leaving now. This is crazy. I woke up the next morning. I was literally jobless. And I got a phone call saying, you've got the three month position at Griffith. Boom. And I was like, when do I leave? And they're like, next week. I was (laughs) like, oh my God. How did that make you feel when that boss gave you some sense of like belief in you? Like, you know, she sort of said to you, oh. I think you should do it. What, what, what was going on there, do you think? I was just sorry. Like, she's really a tough boss. Like, she yeah. scared me. She actually really scared me. <laughs> but, like, she just felt like a mum figure to me at that yeah. time. Like, I felt like she was being so motherly towards me. And she was just like, the world is your oyster, Jess. She's like, I obviously don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose a staff member. But she's like, but I really feel like you need this mm. and you deserve this. And I was like, really? And she's like, you're probably not going to come back. She's like, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have so much fun. And I was like, oh my god, okay. Probably. She's like, but if it obviously goes bad, then you come back. She goes, I'll always give you a job here, no matter what. Yeah. And I was like, okay, wow, thank you. And then I just like, it just all worked out. And I was so like, at that dinner that night, I was so like nervous. And I was like, oh my god, I've got, I've got no job tomorrow. But I was like, I'm just gonna trust the process and see what happens. And yeah. just, and I was, I was given a month of being unemployed. And if nothing happens, and I'll just go back. And but that's, that's, the next that's crazy and I think that's the thing isn't it like you can always go back like if you have a good reputation and you don't burn bridges yeah. people see your name they go yeah for sure come work back easy I'll give you a job exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah and every contract that we've done like every single place that we've been to has said that they will accept us back anytime any dates any amount of time yeah you just let us know and we want you back like Everywhere has been so great and it, working rurally has been so nice. You meet the nurses are amazing. The staff are amazing. Everyone is just so thankful mm-hmm. that you're there and it's so nice. Oh, actually, I've got a good tip as well. So I was obviously wanting some career progression, <laughs> right? Yeah. I wanted to progress. I did a recovery contract, but yeah. when I got to the hospital, they were like, oh, no, you're doing all roles. You're doing Scrub Scout in recovery, but I'm very junior in a Scrub Scout role. And I made sure to tell them that. And they're like, that's fine. Anyway, I always said yes to learning new stuff. I ended up building a really good reputation within this hospital doing agency that I asked the numb of ED if I could take a contract in ED and she trained me. And they said yes. That's so, so good. So I got a six-month contract in emergency. Yeah, boy. And, and I was working as an agency nurse with a free house, wicked coin, learning ED, loving it. Yeah. Worked through COVID. Then I did another ED contract. I've done three now. Yeah, and boy. I've been able to progress and learn all these amazing new skills mm-hmm. just by networking in the agency world. So you can still career progress yeah, sure. as agency as well. Because wow. a lot of people think I don't have enough experience. But I'm like, 
if you're truthful about your experience, but then you go to a hospital and you say, hey, can I learn this? Like they're always willing to teach you in a small, especially the smaller hospitals, they're always willing to teach you. And you can learn some pretty cool things. And see some cool things too. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have started a website. I've had a look at it. I'm frothing. Um, I love it. Um, Anything from, you know, what to cook to what to wear, what to eat. Um, I get excited about these things. There's one thing that I looked at when I looked at this website. Um, bucket list. Um, mm. Talk me through yes. a bucket list. That's cool. Bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I envisioned a bucket list for someone, you know, that was in their retirement, like being yeah. like, oh, what do I want to do before I die? Um, but <laughs> really, you should, you should have a bucket list early on because, you know, I basically, when I had my break up with my partner and I was going through all those life changes I sat down with some really close friends of mine and these friends are like mentors to me like they're just just so full of wisdom and they're just so bubbly and they have the coolest life like I just love their lifestyle so much anyway they gave me this book and they said look we actually have met the author because we love him so much and he's a friend of ours now it's called um 100 things what's on your list by Sebastian Terry and this guy actually devoted his whole life around his bucket list because one of his friends was in a car accident and died at a really young age. Mm. And I think he was about 19 or 20 at the time. And it totally changed his whole, like, I know he was just like, wow, life is so short. I can't believe Mm. this. So he did these crazy things. Like he married some chick in Vegas. Like he just, he did some crazy, he skydived naked. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Oh God. He had, he's done it really (laughs) well. And he's done so many awesome bucket lists and it's so fun reading it. So I sat there for like three weeks writing 92 items. It took me three weeks to write 92 items. But the scary part of it is I was like, oh my God, what do I actually want to do? Like I'm like this single lady. I was like, you know, what do I want to actually do with my life? Like I'm all by myself now. And it was scary, actually, trying to figure it out. Yeah. You, you do like 10 of them and then you're like, what else? Oh, my God, what do I want to do? Yeah. And that's what I kind of wrote, dual rule remote contract. I didn't really think too much of it at the time. But then some weird stuff was starting to happen. Like things were like coming out in front of me. Like, for example, I had a conversation with someone at work about my bucket list. And she goes, oh, blah, 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 as a travel nurse. Come and talk to her. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then things just kind of started flowing. So I decided to put it out to the universe and everyone. And I was like, I'm going to do 20 bucket list items in 18 months. Boom. And I did 16. She almost got there. Even one, of them, even one of them was like to live in Indonesia for mm. three months, right? I just wrote it down because I love Indonesia. And I thought, I'll just live there for three months and just like live the life, right? I actually got a job in Indonesia. <laughs> And I lived there and I worked there for six months. <laughs> what's going on? This is sick. Yeah, it was so fun. But like, you know, obviously the rural remote nursing contract was on there. And I just, I, I it was so fun, like ticking it off. Like, yeah. I, did that. And I, used to write, mm. I used to write a little blog about my story of that bucket list journey. Mm. And every, every single thing that's happened since I've written that, and I put that out there to everyone and I actually started a website. It's not active anymore, but I had a website about it and people would follow along and write their own bucket list and send yeah. them to me. And I like, I loved it. Cause I was inspiring other people to do it as well. 100%. And that's why I put, I put it on this website because I'm like, I, I love that. It led me into the journey of where I am right now. Yeah. And it's created an amazing lifestyle. Taking a leap of faith, number one to write it. And for anyone listening, yeah. I challenge you on what Jess has said, write down the things and it's hard to sit down and actually, what do I want to do with my life? Um, I, yeah. I carry something in my wallet. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't tell everyone my, all my plans and one of them I carry in my wallet. Um, and I, I've written this down years ago, which was something I want to achieve. Wow. Um, and I carry it with me everywhere. And I know I'm going to eventually pull it out and be like, I flipping did it. Woo! You know? Yeah. Um, that's awesome I love that stuff I love that stuff so much which is why which is why like I put it on social media I'll show people I was showing people my bucket list and I was like this is what I'm going to do and like weird things were just happening around me like when I was in Indonesia I met a woman who was very religious and she actually once a week went into a prison and spoke to a South African lady and would spend time with her and speak English with her um, because she had smuggled she smuggled meth into Lombok and actually was supposed to be on the firing squad. She was supposed to get the death penalty. Whoa. And then they actually changed presidents and then they tra- they said, you can get life in prison instead. So I was like, can I come to the prison? Because on my bucket list was randomly, I was fascinated because I love crime shows and stuff. I was like, I wanted to go into a prison and interview a prisoner. Dude. That was on my bucket list. And I was like, can I go into- can I come with you and actually talk to her? 
And she's like, yeah, sure. So I spent a whole hour talking to this lady about her journey. Yeah. And now she's like in this Indonesian prison. She had to learn how to speak Indonesian. Yeah. She never like, and she, it's 300% over capacity. It's a Muslim country. It was Chappelle Corby. <laughs> it wasn't Chappelle Corby. I was going to say, I was literally going to ask that question. <laughs> it wasn't Chappelle Corby. Yeah. It. it was it was just nuts like it, in you know because it's a muslim country so you can't be a lesbian right and she was yep. in a women's prison if you're even too friendly with another woman and they think you're a lesbian you get put in solitary what yeah and it's yeah. literally a rock with no windows dude that's, it. that's heavy and like i was like and then she'll be like so like what are you doing with your life and i didn't want to anything because i was like i just feel bad like you're in this prison like oh my god it was mind-blowing but i was like that's so strange how it was on my bucket list mm. and this it just happened like that and I was in Indonesia doing a bucket list item already like it was just weird how things work out and then next minute we meet in the prison so yeah and then it was funny Even because weirder. then I got a contract to work in a prison as an as a travel nurse and that's how I met this gal yeah so you've got all these bucket lists you, you've got them all written down one of them is to work is to interview a prisoner you've done that then suddenly you're working in a prison, sort of like, you know, kind of coincides. And talking yeah. about the first time you met. Well, I, it's actually a funny story. It's, I didn't know about this until recently. Yeah. Um, so I was starting a contract completely fresh. So like, I, me and Jess started on the same day, but she'd actually done a very long contract before that. She'd already been to the prison before. I had done, I had done an eight week contract at this particular prison in November, December. And yep. then I went over to Tasmania and worked in emergency for the next two and a half months. Okay. And then I came back to the prison. So it was technically my first day, but my second contract there. Yeah. And it was her first and day. it was my first day. And so the educator came around and there was like five of us that started that day. And Jess was one of them. And she was like in her HC uniform. And she looks like, I don't know, she, she looked like she knew what she was doing. And I was like, oh, who's, who's this girl? Like, she's a bit confident. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like a bit taken aback. And then um, she came up to the educator and was like, oh, should I just go see the manager? And I was like, um, who does she think she is? Just like coming in here and being like, should I just go see the manager? Like, I already work here. I already know what I'm doing. Yeah, like, see ya. Um, and then the educator was like, yeah, like you can just go see like the manager. I'm not going to say her name, but you can just go see her. And, and then she kind of strolled off. And I was like, oh, okay, she's confident. Like, I don't think we're going to get along because she's like quite out there. And I then, didn't know this. Yeah. And then like, I was just like quite intimidated, I guess, because it was just like, you come to these places and you're like by yourself and you don't yeah. know anyone. And these quite, sometimes quite strong personalities. And you, you have to learn to not take people at face value the first mm-hmm. time sometimes because you meet these people and you're like, oh, my God, we're not going to get along. Like, she's yeah. quite strong. And then you actually realize that you are so alike and, like, you are almost exactly the same person. And once yeah. I actually got to know Jess, like, we were going out to dinner. I got invited by my friend and she got invited by the friend as well. And then she said to Jess, oh, do you mind, like, if Zana comes along? And Jess was like, oh, no, like, who's, who the hell is Zana? I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, bring her and then, and then I was like, oh, actually, this chick's really cool. And I was like, man, I'm so bad. I, like, I feel so bad that I judged her, like, straight up because she was so confident and, like, outspoken. But then I actually realized, like, you're, you're like that. You're just very passionate. Like, but she's, like, the nicest person in the world. She, like, would never want to hurt a soul. And I was, I thought originally she was quite, quite a strong personality. She was quite, I don't know. I really just learned this recently. Yeah, I was, was like, but then, yeah, but yeah, then we pretty much just started talking about what we wanted to do and, um, what well, we loved about nursing, and yeah, then during yeah. during dinner, actually, she was telling me because she started like blogging her travel nursing, yep. and I was like, oh, I was like, I've actually just like launched because I I decided to launch a website when I was in Tasmania, and I yep. launched, um, and I wanted I had all these ideas and all this content I wanted to create, but I was really struggling with it, mm. and then she was like, oh yeah, I do all these blog posts and stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm doing blogging as well, and then we started talking about it. Do we do we make the decision at dinner? to do the website together i don't know i think it was after that because then we we basically met up after that because it was we were in a group environment yeah. and then jess i think i was coming to meet jess one day for lunch and then she was messaging me on the oh, way yeah. when i was coming to see her and she's like um so there's this tiktok i really want to do will you do this tiktok with me we have to skull a shot and then we have to be on the beach in our bikinis and i was like mm, who's this girl mm-hmm. i one a i already love tiktok and two i'm not going to say no to a drink and three i'm also not going to say no to a fun tiktok in our bikini <laughs> Like we barely knew each other, honestly. And I was like, yeah. I really wanted to do this TikTok. And I thought, I think this girl might be keen. Yeah. And then we started talking about this website. And then she's like, I already have a website. And I was like, well, I want to start a website. And I wanted, 
I want to blog and share all my stories and what I've learned and what I do with travel nursing, as well as sharing some stuff about relationships and heartbreaks and how I moved through that personally and stuff like that. And then she's like, well, why don't we do this together? And I was like, are you sure? Like, this is your thing that you created. And she's like, yeah, but like, it's not like, I don't feel as passionate about it at the moment because like, I can't progress with it because I feel like um, it's missing something. And then mm. we kind of got together and we're like, we just like made this miss, like we found the missing piece and it was just like yeah. us together was like what made it amazing. And then we both have such different avenues that we can bring to it. Like Jess does a lot about health and she also is a health coach and she did, she's a yoga teacher now, just recently qualified. Yes, yes. Um, so she brings all this like health and wellness stuff to it. And I love everything to do with like mental health, physical health, um, even sexual health. I love mm. all those kinds of like, everything in general and like bringing everything together and living a holistic life. So together we just like, we just thought, why not bring these things together? Cause that's everything that people want to hear about. And then when we then literally we just hung out like all the time, like uh, every day. And then we thought we're living separately. What are we doing? Like, why are we living separately? We're yeah. seeing each other all the time. We don't want to have to be packing bags to stay at each other's places all the time. So we're like, we just want to get this content. We're so pumped. Yeah. And so we, Hungies. lived together for eight weeks and just like got heaps of stuff together mm. we started our instagram and our facebook and then mm. um our website and everything as well like together and then yeah. and then now yeah. we're actually taking heaps of time off work to go traveling which is why we're sitting in a rooftop tent yeah we both wanted to travel heaps so um we're soul sisters basically yeah. it's amazing <laughs> who you meet during contracts it's nuts do you have places that you want to have gone to or do you think you're, are you a bit of a free ranger? Like you sort of need to feel it and go, oh, I'm just like experience it. And when you're there, you kind of soak it in and go, I want to stay or I want to move on. Do, do you know what I mean? I mm. find it hard to, because a lot of places you go to, they always want you to extend. Yeah. One, they need agencies, like they need staff and agency are the ones that fill in the gaps. So they usually love when you extend. And sometimes you get so comfortable in a spot yeah. that you want to keep extending. But I actually have to force myself to say no, yeah, and I have to move on because I, I, I that's I need to go and experience my life and I need to keep traveling. But I could every single contract I've done, I've, I've absolutely loved. Yeah, same. but I've tried not to keep extending past maybe like four months because yeah. I'm like, no, I'm a travel nurse. Like I've done this for the experience. I love everyone here. Move I can on. always come back, but I need to move on. And mm. it, it always breaks. Like even like our last contract, like it. it really i was like sad to leave so i was like oh my god like you get good at the job yeah. and you make good friends and you get into a routine finally because when yeah. you're traveling you don't have a routine yeah it's hard to find a routine but sure. you got to just be like no nah, on to the next where do you sleep where do you sleep like if you don't want me asking like do you do, do the places when they take you in go do you sort of negotiate and hey, i'd love to like i need a place to stay or how do you sort of hey, that's part of the contract with rural and remote nursing that they provide you with accommodation so they will tell you pretty much everywhere actually except grafton we were able to find our own accommodation in grafton and they subsidize the cost but every other place that i've worked they give you the accommodation they say mm. on your arrival instructions this is your address this is like go to the hospital you literally go to the emergency window and you ask for your keys like it's crazy you go into the hospital yeah they have all your keys there what? and so you go to hospital accommodation and there's houses everywhere like they have ha like the ho houses are rented out by the hospitals and then the hospitals give them to us. So it's free for most, well, in New South Wales, it's free in Queensland. It's yeah. free. Majority of contracts, yeah, most majority free. contracts is free. And then, so you just literally go to the ED, rock up, get your keys and go to your house and you're set. And usually it's within walking distance of your hospital. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. awesome. And it's always, if you're there for say eight weeks, you got eight weeks full-time work. Wow. Yeah. And they, and they pay for your travel to and from. So they'll, reimburse your um petrol or your like if you need to fly they'll fly you there so they reimburse all of the travel there and back wow is that where a bit of the money comes from too because you're not paying for accommodation like if you yeah. like if you're in sydney like I'm, my half of my more than half of my coin goes to my joint that, that yeah. I have my That's house it. not my joint my, yeah. My, my house. yeah some contracts i'm making 25 to 30 dollars more an hour than i was yeah. in my job at Perth. Wow, there you go. Sorry, I'm, I'm doubling. I'm doubling my income, and obviously, when I had my separation with my partner, I actually got into a bit of debt because we had a house together. Yeah, so yeah. Thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand dollars worth of debt, and during agency nursing, I have cleared that debt. Yeah, loving it. You know, because I, oh, yeah. I, I was thinking to myself, how am I ever going to get on top of? I've got to pay rent on my own. I've got to like 
pay all my bills. I've got to yeah. pay all this debt off. Like I wasn't getting anywhere. And then mm. with agency nursing, even just saving on your on your rent, you're saving over ten to fifteen thousand dollars a year, yeah. which you can put onto something, whether you want a new car or if you want a house deposit or whatever you want. So that's amazing. Plus the hourly rate. Yeah, it is significantly better than like than working at a hospital, like in a yeah. full-time job, like you do get a lot more money and people say, Oh, but you don't get paid holidays and you don't get paid this and whatnot. And you don't get mm-hmm. annual leave, but like you earn so much that you, it doesn't matter about no. that. And it's also like, it's great not, not having to tell someone or ask if you can have leave, you just say, okay, I'm leaving now. I'm out of here. Go for a trip. Yeah. 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 Do, do you think people judged you? Like, you know, like these two girls there, you know, off trying to travel and like, you know, when you get to a place, you, do you get what I mean? Like, they get very interested. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they get very interested, and like they are like, yeah. I guess it, it, it's quite unusual. Yeah, we, what we do. you get a mixture of people. I mean, yeah. sometimes you have people like as soon as you say kind of what you do, they kind of they some sometimes they can snap at you and be like, oh, I could never do that, and you're like, okay. Like I, <laughs> I was just talking with you, like that comes from that their side of things, but um, yeah, a lot of people just get very confused, and then they always say like. So, like, but you have to have a dress. And they always assume that, like, oh, but you clearly stay with your parents. And I'm like, I actually don't have much family. Like, no, yeah. I don't. Like, oh, no, but you, you have a dad, right, or a mum. You obviously stay with them on time off. Or where does your mail go? And they just get very confused. Mm. They just don't think it's possible. Yes. I think. Yeah, yeah. Even, like, recently in people that I've met and I've traveled so far, they've just been like, oh, but, like, I can never do that. Or oh um, my job just never I could never do that with my job and some of them are like teachers and things like that and it's like everywhere in a rural community like the reason that we that how, why we do it is because it's in rural communities and that is the part that is the catch I guess you're not living in a city you're not living yep. where all population is you're living somewhere yep. different and anyone can do it because any every single community needs people because yep. they are such small communities like they need teachers they need any kind of career they yep. need those people there and so there's so many careers that people don't actually realize that they can go and do these amazing things. Mm. They're just, they're just scared to take the plunge, I guess as well. And they're scared of change and leaving a full-time job Yeah, because that's always scary. A lot of people love it. They think it's like the best thing ever. They're yeah, like, they like, live, they're like, I live through you now. Yeah. It's the best. Like we get a lot of support as well. It's just a very confusing dynamic because people are just like, they, yeah, they get quite annoyed that they can't do it, but mm. everyone can do it. I've met people, that are in their 60s, 70s doing it. I've met yeah. people who are, in the, who are 18 doing it. Like there, there is obviously a, a hard place when people are in families and they have young families, but mm. kind of surrounding that, you get so many people who have like left their kids at home or their kids have got to like teenagers and they just go, oh, I'm just leaving them with a the husband. I'm going to go, this is my time now. And oh, I love we met this, this one nurse and she actually came to the Grafton jail because of our Nourish Nurse page. We had never met her before. We met her on Facebook. And she asked us all these questions about Grafton. And she's like, what's it like? Is it scary? Like, do you feel safe? And all these things. And we were super honest. And we actually did a, a blog after that about correctional nursing because it's so different. And we wanted to share with people what it was actually like because we had so many questions. Yeah. And so this one girl was like, okay, like you guys have convinced me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to come and do the contract. And she's the so most she beautiful So she literally came ever. and did this contract. She's in her probably mid-40s. She's got an 18-year-old. And she has always been home and nursing with him. She's been in the, or nursing like in her hometown with having her son. And she had worked in the same place, I think she said, for like 18 years. She was so wow. burnt out. And yeah. she said, I want to change. And so she quit her job and she came and did this Grafton jail contract. <laughs> and we met her. We met yeah. her and she was like, oh, are you so Jess? And we're like, yes. And she's like, oh, my God, it's so nice to meet you. And then, like, she's one of our great friends now. Like, yeah. she is one of the most awesome people. And she came because we inspired her to come. Wow. By, uh, love you, Inna. Yeah. We love you, Inna. Listening to this. She'll listen <laughs> oh, to this. For she? And she's just like, this is my time now. Like, yeah. I've looked after my family my whole yes. life. And she said to her husband, I've always stayed in the same place. And this is now what I want to do. I want to travel yeah. and I want to do nursing. And I want to do rural nursing and get get out. And he said, sure. And so she just left them behind. They're not that far. They're only in Toowoomba. Yeah. But she, still, like anyone can do it. Anyone can I do think it. if you're listening to this and you, you're you thinking about travel nursing, whether you're single, it, obviously it's a lot easier when you're single yeah. and you don't have any other factors. But if you, even if you're in a relationship, if you've got a good sturdy relationship, doing a six-week contract is amazing. You yeah. know, yeah. your partner can come. You can do 
three weeks and then see your partner. But like doing a six week contract on your own, just living the best life. It's yeah. so good. And even if mm-hmm. yeah, you've got kids at home, do it for you because it's such a yeah, cool you experience. To remember that like you have to live your life for yourself as well. And obviously having a family and everything is, is great and looking after them. But at the end of the day, you have to remember, keep putting yourself first and remember that what's important to you is also super important. And this is a great, great job. I, yeah. I didn't even know this existed. Mm. It's yeah. amazing. Travel nursing is absolutely amazing. Even though I'm not Aboriginal and Torres Strait, I, I love this country. Do you feel connected to the land and country traveling in Australia? Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. I just have such an appreciation for everything doing yeah. this. Like, Every single town, I love going into their little museums and all their little yeah. shops and meeting all the locals, like the locals that have been yeah. there for like generations and generations. Like, I love that. I actually make a conscious effort to go into all the little tiny shops yeah, in te- cool. like little towns and going in there and just interacting. Yeah. Like, you do have such yeah. appreciation for everything. Yeah, it's amazing. And you actually just have appreciation for like everything in general, like your, especially your health. Like, you realize in these tiny communities, the access that they have is so little yeah. and the, even just the education that they have is so little mm. that it, it, it's special that you get to bring something to that place. And you also get to explore the land that's been here. And like with all these amazing cultures and things, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's inspirational and it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's great. Cool. Now I was going to jump on cause you raised some things about um, correctional stuff and you know, all of us have our, um, you know our views on it i guess if that makes sense preconceived yeah. or not yeah. conceived based on what we watch what we hear what we read yes um run me through a shift if you don't mind you, you're on you're going to work in a job um just give me a bit of context to working in a correctional center if you don't mind yeah okay we we worked in a very large correctional setting yes okay. <laughs> um, you don't have to name stuff obviously de-identify stuff but uh, just yeah what you would yeah there's like uh, 1700 inmates Yep. So, that we were so you'd have a, a section of the prison that you would be the nurse for for that day and you would kind of know the day before or sometimes on the day where you're going to be located um you get little boxes so you can like figure out what you need to bring to your neighborhood because it's quite a far distance to walk so you'd make sure you kind of prep everything and your first priority is medication round yep so inmates usually get released from muster at about eight yes yeah, so muster is when they get yeah. released there's all these terms that we just like speak about everyone like what does that mean yeah. so there's neighborhoods so you have the jail itself and then in the jail there's neighborhoods and each na- there was five neighborhoods where we were and each neighborhood kind of has its own specialty of what's what and who is in there um you've got people who have done like sexual crimes and things like that in one um things to the children in one because they're all kind of under a protection order because yep. Obviously, they're crimes. Yeah, every, every prison always has like a protection section. Yeah. Okay. And then you have like some other neighborhoods where they're like, then they're not that max security inmates. They're kind of, they like to do their own thing. They're very well settled and whatnot. Then you have one which was basically for all new people and all COVID. Like everyone mm-hmm. who came in had to be one COVID screened and then they all had to be in isolation for two weeks. So you had a basically a COVID neighborhood as well. And then you had an, another one and then you had also segregation. So they all had their own little like specialties um, and you'd be allocated to one of those neighborhoods in the morning. And then pretty much, so your, your shift starts at 7.30. Yeah. Seven, no, seven to 5.30. I think that shifts were cool. 10 and a half hours. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you start at seven, you organize your stuff, you figure out what you're going to take down to your neighborhood and whatnot. And then they get released from muster. So they're in, they're locked in from 5 p.m. at night to 8 a.m. in the morning. So they get released from must like what that's what they call it when they get released from muster at eight a.m. So you try and do your medication round at like eight thirty. Mm. So you go into your each neighborhood has a little dispensary. So you go into the dispensary and then you open up your big shutters and there's like a tiny little gap in the window that you give your medications through. So it's all very secure. So you, you do your medication round. So you always have an officer present in the room yep. with the inmate and you're cool. in the other section. So you're by yourself, door locked, yep. and then they'll come in. You do your identification checks. You do a MIN number, which is like your... your like an MRN number, I guess. Yes, like an yeah. MRN yeah. number in a hospital. So you have a MIN number, you have the name and your date of birth. And they also have a photo on their card as well. Yeah. So, not so you do the checks, person. obviously, they, they can swap cards yeah. as well. They're, they can be very sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> so they do do that. Um, then, obviously, once they've you've given their tablet, you have to show because there's a camera watching you open, put the tablet in their hand. They will swallow the tablet and then they have to show you their mouth, top and bottom and then they have to show it to the officer okay to show that they're followed because they regurgitate it yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
They do. Or divert. Yeah, they just yeah. do a lot of things like that. So and that can take sometimes an hour. Depends. Yeah, sometimes on, can take longer depending on where you are. Um, when you're doing insulins as well for the yeah. diabetics. Yeah, for sure. Um, then when that's done, that will finish by about 9 o'clock. Then you do your primary healthcare duties, which is things such as you look at your neighbourhood and see what, what tasks you've got that day. You've got some bloods. So maybe you've got fasting bloods that you've got to get done. Yep. Um, you do blood pressure checks. You do um, wound dressings. Wound dressings. You do all those things. Then you organise doctor's appointment. We have a doctor every day, and sometimes yep. you've got to add things to the list. Yep. Um, and then also we're code responders. So during the day, we've all got radios on so you can hear everything that's going on. So when they call muster correct, they're like, muster's correct. You know that the inmates are about to be released. So you know to like get ready. Um, but they will do code. So if they say code blue, code blue, obviously we all know what a code blue yep. is. They'll say the location and we grab our bag and go to that location okay. and deal with the code that is. Pardon? What kind of codes have you had to deal with? Assaults most of the time. Most of the time. And self-harm. Self yeah. Self a lot of self-harm as well. Mm. Um, some very severe self-harm as well yeah. sometimes. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much assaults. I cut, oh, I've looked after one which was like he was like pre-heart attack. Yeah. He was very, very, very bad. Um, you've had quite a few of those. And then there is a, a minimum side of the jail as well, which is like a kilometer and a half away from the max jail. So if you're in the, if you're in the max jail in the afternoon, there's no one staffed in the minimum jail even like from five o'clock. So if there's a code blue over there, which I've had to do, you literally have to bolt it from max all the way over to min. It's like a kilometer and a half. You have to run with an emergency bag, yeah, and oxygen and everything. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's hard. Hard work. Hard yakka. Yeah. But, yeah, so we have to respond to all the codes. And then at the and then at the end of the day, so, like, around 3.30, 4-ish, we have to do another medication round. Yeah. And, unfortunately, just because of staffing, the way corrections work is you have to give their afternoon medications quite early in the afternoon, not nighttime. So these things are kind of can have sedative qualities about them. Mm, yes. So, so, and there's a lot of inmates so that we have to medicate. So we have to do it through the window and they all get very angry. So you do in the afternoon times when you're kind of dealing with the, the heat and the arguments because they're feisty little things yeah. and, <laughs> and they don't want their meds early. So you have to be quite careful what time you give them to them. And, and, and then we're yeah. also booking doctor's appointments and booking, like you do a lot of admin, yeah. like yeah, clerical yeah, yeah. work. It's like prime. It's basically primary health nursing, in, yeah. but they're just inmates. So you're really just running a primary health care facility in a jail. Never, really. never a dull day. Like, no. yeah. like just before I left, we one of the inmates caused a fire in his cell, mm. and it legit caught a fire, and the entire unit was filled with smoke, and all the everyone had to kick the doors open and like grab the inmate out. Like, wow. I was like, it was yeah. not, not good. And some of the officers got smoke inhalation too. It was pretty. Pretty bad. Do, do you find do you find um people saying derogative things to you, or do you feel at times, yes. yeah? How did you cope with that? Um, I think you in nursing in general, you kind of learn to to get a bit of a backbone. I believe mean, at least I have. Um, not just even in jail, like people can make derogatory comments to you in any facility. It, I work in Kings Cross in intensive care. Like you can imagine the things that they said in, in Kings Cross. They all half of them were all on ice or getting over an ice binge. So, I mean, yep. I was used to getting called names or whatever, but you just kind of have to stay strong and stay true to who you are and just be like, you know what, mate, that is inappropriate and I'm not yep. going to take that from you. Yep. If you say that one more time, we will close this window and you will not get any medication or you will not get this or that, whatever you want, because I'm not going to talk to you unless you talk to me like a civilised human being because I'm mm. a human being and you, I deserve to be treated like a human being. Wow. So you just have, you have to be strong and you just yep. have to know that it's not ever directed at you. They say these things to get a bite out of you. Yes. And you just have to be like, I'm not responding to that until you start acting like a, like a human and yeah. being a nice person. And so, yeah, you just you especially but have to stay strong. We always treat them the same, like, you know what I yeah. mean? Whether they're an inmate or whether they're someone in a hospital, like yeah. you know, everyone, everyone the same. But obviously, even in a hospital setting, if someone was to mistreat you as the nurse, you mm. would say, enough, I don't have to... Correct. Yeah, I don't have to connect with you if you don't treat me like that. So it's and the I've, same thing. It also yeah. just like it gives you a different perspective on people as well working in a jail because because I say ninety five percent of the people are in there because of the traumas that have happened to them as children or in their lives that have led them to make the decisions that they've made that's yeah. ended them up in jail. And you get to see another side of people that it's just like there's a lot of pain in jail, like yeah, okay. mental, physical, emotional pain there, and a lot of it's very sad and. It, 
it also in another way in another aspect of nursing makes you appreciate your life your stability how you are as a person because there's all these terrible paths that people can go down and it just can go very 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 wrong and very negative yeah and um yeah it's also nice to just be able to help them in a, in a way as well and be like you don't have to be here like you can you can make a change like yeah, you can change you. your life any one of us could have gone down that same path if that happened to us so you just have to appreciate where everyone's at and like un- be understanding of that and know that a lot of the time when those inmates are having go at you yeah. it is their trauma and their issues that are coming out as well so you just have to kind of accept that yeah, they're just where they're at. It's nothing to do with us. It's, it's never, usually, yeah, yeah, it's never to do with us. I always, always I, in those settings, I always try to be extra patient within myself with people mm. like that. And then when it gets to the point, you know, I'll say like, the way you're speaking right now is very inappropriate. I would like you to stop. And then I always try really hard to be nice and like monotone, very calm with my voice because mm. they're just used to people kind of, I don't know, having a go at them. So yeah. I, I try really hard. And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. They and usually like, come and apologize you. to you. And it's quite, yeah. yeah. They do. They, they Sometimes they'll like ask the officers to call you down. They'll be like, I really just want to speak to the nurse. And they'll be like, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, no, I really appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Yeah. Because, and you know, and you just, they just don't know the behaviors because they've grown up in certain ways and they just don't know how normal behavior is. And it's, it's a lot of them have imbalances yeah. as well because, you know, the mental health is, so bad in those conditions yeah yeah so if if the contract ever comes up and you're scared of doing it i think you should just give it a crack it was very interesting listening to zana and jess talk about the correctional services so often than not we have opinions from what it's like on the outside but not what it's actually like on the inside um, there are humans, there are you know over 40,000 people in prison today in Australia um, and it's crazy that each one of those prisoners has a story. Now I'm not suggesting um, that we think that crime is something that's little um, and that we should um, feel sorry for people in any way shape or form but I do think we should um, have grace when we deal with any patient in, in prison or in hospital. Um, you know a lot of these percentage of um, people that are in prison have had some sort of trauma done to them or they've seen trauma and they've also maybe committed trauma. But in saying that, it's important to remember that each person um, has a story and we can help people um, as um, clinicians in health. Um, And it's really great to hear this sort of story. It's made me very interested in the um, correctional side. Uh, And I think it's gonna be something um, very interesting. I think the people that do this job, I'll take my hat off to them. It would be a very hard job to work in. Yeah. yeah, just do it. Six weeks, trust me. You're on. It's not that scary. It's good. It's and interesting line of work. I guess when I'm looking through, I've looked through both of your stories, and your stories are both um, online, which we can see on your website, which I'm going to put in the show notes. Um, yeah. I'm going to put all your photos. I can follow you on Instagram. I love some of the stuff you put up on about. Um, there was some cool stuff in relation to, I don't know how to word this, but more like loving who you are as a person. You know, there's so yeah. much stuff in the media about being you know, portrayed a certain way or looking a certain way and you guys kind of deal with some yeah. of those issues, which I think is really cool. Um, I, I like that sort of stuff. I think it's great because yeah. um, we need to have a sense of, um, you know, empowerment of ourselves as well. Um, Definitely, yeah. In your job to do this, there's got to be a sense of, I, I've got to know who I am here because I'm going off on a bit of a limb here. Um, yeah. Which is kind of yeah. cool. And also some really cool stuff on questions that most commonly get asked, which I kind of like. Um, really cool tips about like you know when to stretch um yeah you know, have, a good, have a good playlist i'm a big on a big banger playlist yeah um, have to have yeah. a good playlist and some good podcasts like good podcast. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> voice memos are so amazing at keeping connected with people because you can hear their voice which gives yeah, you just that yeah. i don't know you know when you hear someone's voice yeah. it's like oh god i miss I them so much like, when you're texting yeah. it's not the same but voice no. memos are so amazing and I mean people are busy I can't answer a phone and be on the phone for an hour sometimes like a lot of people people are busy so doing like five voice memos five minutes worth of like Mm. chatting about life whatnot then they can reply when they're ready and I love listening so I guess in general how do people get in contact with you guys how do people reach out to you guys because you love when people reach out to you um what's the best I guess like we're most present on Instagram currently so the dot nourish dot nurses and then we also have a facebook um which is nourish nurses as well yep. um and we also have a private facebook group as well which we 
which we use for more like questions, people sharing like more intimate details that they don't want shared with the whole entire Facebook. Yep. So we have like a more secretive group too. Um, and then we obviously have our Facebook, I mean, our website, sorry, as well, um, that people can email us through if they need to ask us anything specific. But if they become a member on our Facebook page, yep. I mean, on our, on our website, on our yep. website, <laughs> they, get, uh, they get access to like our more exclusive blogs. So like more deeper stuff that, we also don't want the entire world seeing. So we just have a little members. It's completely free, but you just have to type in your email and sign up there. And then you can get access to like just some more information, just more about us and like more deeper things about what we've been through and mm. things like that on there. So, yeah. um, and there's yeah. going to be a lot coming because right now we're traveling, mm. yes. but we are actually going to relocate to Brisbane. We've yep. decided we're going to get a little unit in Brisbane and have it as a home base while we're travel nursing. Awesome. And we're going to have heaps more time to actually, yeah do heaps more content and podcasting and just that it's going to go it's not going to go crazy yeah did we talk about our podcast we're starting a podcast we're starting you a podcast. are 100% yeah yeah so ours is called keep your gin up so like kind of nursing related but also we want it to be life related so we we thought of we were thinking oh should we name it something nursing but we want it to be for everyone so yeah. we want it to be like yeah just kind of general chat about Even us like dating yeah. dating as a travel yeah. nurse like that's Dude. a pretty huge topic like that's hard work hard yeah. work yeah, I, we're gonna dive into that. I can't wait to um to see it because I'm gonna be listening to it because I love life hacks. I love and you guys are cool. You're easy to chat with, so I'm gonna be definitely oh, listening. Okay. <laughs> um, we will talk soon. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. It was awesome. Thank you. Any advice on EDGM should all be taken over your local medical practitioner. I want to say thanks to everyone who's following me on Instagram. You can follow me at EDGM underscore podcast, um, where you can stay up to date with medical information. Um, and medical teaching. Um, thank you everyone who's following me. Um, keep sharing it with your friends, nurses, students, paramedics and doctors. Um, and yeah, thank you for everyone who does follow me. Um, I really appreciate it. Have a good day, legends. Bye.